the withdrawers are kind of saying like, okay, we're like health and safety. We just want to keep everybody good enough, safe enough. We don't need to work on, don't add any new, we don't need to start doing flips, tricks, right? We need to just keep it status quo. And if we just stay status quo, then we'll all be okay. But I think a pursuer sometimes, they, they have this energy to say, but but we could be better, but we could be better, which is yeah, great. Better. It pushes. But the withdrawers are a lot of times going, wait, I'm, I haven't researched all of that. I haven't thought through all of that. I don't want to agree to that. And if I start making suggestions, I'm not sure how that's going to go either. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with the real Emhoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. All right, in this episode, we're going to dive into all the incredible things that withdrawers do. The reasons we fell in love with them, the things that are incredible about their withdrawing strategies. Just like in the last episode where we spent the whole entire episode praising pursuers and their strategies, now we're going to give withdrawers their day. All right. They only get one day, though. Well, and we may only go (laughs) 10 minutes with this one uh, just because it's a little bit, you know withdrawing to shorten it no, and not do quite no, as much. No, we're going to we're going to go the whole time. Okay, I want to just dive right off the bat and say that something I really think is incredible about withdrawers is their ability to kind of lock down their emotion so that they can go into really hard things where there's a lot of pressure. Whether it's a firefighter or a surgeon or somebody who just has an intense amount of thought that they have to put into something and they can't be distracted by all the emotion. Yeah. Well, I think that if you think about withdrawers, you got to think about where they learned this, right? You've got to say, where did this start? Where did it come from? And for me, I think withdrawing really is is a trait that gets rewarded, um, especially in sports and any, any kind of like dangerous or high, high speed thing. Like if you can keep your brain and wits about you in the midst of the chaos, right? People go, Oh, that's a good trait. That's a good thing that you're doing. You're able to kind of like not be driven by emotion or by, by some of the things that might, might drive a pursuer. So withdrawers get rewarded for this. I mean, that, that's the big thing is they've always been rewarded and they do get rewarded for it. I love the idea even that we can kind of point back to how far into our past these strategies were developed. I think about a withdrawer in the development stages and possibly a family of origin or just, um, you know, a a system that taught that withdrawer, don't cry, lock it down, don't show emotion for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, oftentimes it's because maybe there was something else going on or their emotion got trumped by maybe something else and they didn't get an opportunity to get responded to. But that survival strategy was that they learned how to survive and how to not necessarily um, feel some of that stuff yeah. because it was really hard to feel. That's an incredible strategy to be able to turn off feelings. Yeah, and I, I think uh, being able to turn it off and not feel and kind of still function or make decisions, kind of get through life. You know, it kind of sucks in, in some ways, and I'm not trying to go to negative here, but it's like, it really does like leave them isolated in every sense. Like 
with their pain, with their struggle, with their thoughts, with their... We're going like, to get into that in I know, future I know. episodes. But I'm like, <laughs> but it leaves them alone, but they're still able. And I think this is the benefit yeah. that I'm talking about. They're still able to function in yeah, that. They are. Like there, there's a lot going on inside a withdrawer when it looks simple. And that that is not true though. Uh, it's not simple for them. They're doing a lot of work on the inside. I think about the analogy of the, the what is it, the feet of the duck under the water that's swimming so fast. Like a lot of times the withdrawer is just, yeah, they're churning underneath, but they're fighting really hard for the relationship in that way. The trick is they get told or they've, they've been told at times that, Hey, if I show a bunch of emotion or if I escalate, or if I, if I put thoughts out there before I have them fully formed, it's not going to go well. And so they fight really hard against showing or, or displaying something that isn't completely honest or true. And so it puts them in a really tough spot because how much of, you know, how, how much of life can we validate empirically? It's a really tough thing. I want to just say, here's another point that we're going to make about withdrawers. They are our researchers. Yeah. They have consumer reports, subscriptions. They are Check. figuring out which one is the <laughs> best lawnmower, the best truck, the best vacuum cleaner, the best, any piece of equipment you're going to buy. Any place you're going to go on a vacation, they are going to, you know, get on the forums and find out all the incredible things about safe? that vacation How destination. How do we get out of there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something about Chad that is a benefit if we're in a secure and and safe, comfortable place where we're not distressed, we're not in a cycle. I love that he brings all the details to the table. And yeah. I can go, oh, wow, look at Now we can make a really good decision a really well-informed decision that we're not going to regret after. Withdrawers really value making sure we're making the right decisions. And that's a huge benefit to have. They don't want to make the wrong decision. And so they spend extra time making sure that the decision is going to be a good decision, preferably the right decision. Yeah. And and I love it because this is literally how a withdrawer tries to nurture relationship. Is it, they say, I am not going to screw up. I am not going to, I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm not going to say something that's going to blow us up. I'm not going to be dishonest about most anything, right? I'm going to, I'm going to know before I speak, I'm going to make sure that my words are valid and, and correct. But the problem, and I, I'm not trying to go negative again, is that a lot of times you don't have that, right? That we can't fully know it. And so they get stuck in their head and running all the scenarios you know, which really does work in one sense. And it also kind of leaves them isolated in, in relationships. Well, I want to then uh, talk about another Sorry, point that we're making. Negative. He does, and to. I'm just turning it I know, and reframing it and just saying that's that stoicism that, again, in security, we love. That he can be stoic and not really show panic or anxiety or, you know, dysregulated emotion is really great when I, the pursuer, need calming or need that stoicism. But when we're having a conversation or when I need an answer for him and he is stoically not responding, well, that lights me up just a little bit. But so that's the catch is what we want to do in this episode is really highlight the benefits of the withdrawer that we sometimes can't see because we're in distress, but that we really appreciate when things are going smoothly and we miss them in those distressing yeah. moments. So, yeah. so we're trying to kind of really highlight. And I want to come up with another one that the idea of balance, I think, is so vital for our relationship, for Chad yeah. and I, because there are times when 
I have escalated emotion, dysregulated emotion, heightened sense of chaos. And when he comes in with that, hey, we're going to be okay. I got this. I'm with you. There is a calming sense that happens in my body that helps me know that I don't have to strategize alone or I don't have to handle this alone. So for he, for him to step into that chaos, not only I think would be really scary. Like if I see as a pursuer, if I see another pursuer in chaos, I'm like, oh, there's a lot going on over there. I don't want to enter that or, or you know, but, yeah. but withdrawers go, Oh gosh, that person needs my help. There, there's a burning building. I'm going to go into it. Yeah. There's, you know, uh, a disaster and I'm going to go and assess and help with the cleanup. I mean, that is, I think, something that's incredible that withdrawers have the capacity to do. Yeah. Well, I want to say, um, I think there are a couple examples that I, that I like uh, to use. One is that you know, I'll, I'll use a story, but when I was, I don't know, it was about 15 years ago, I was driving down a dirt road. Uh, it was at my parents' farm and I saw that a barn was on fire. And oh, like, literally, literally. Yes. <laughs> okay. and, and so I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to do something about that. And so at first I was kind of freaking out, but then I'm like, okay, call 911. Like quickly in my head, I'm like, what are the right steps? And so I called 911. I got called everybody that was neighbors around there and got everybody to kind of do some things and I wasn't really freaking out, but I was really kind of paying attention to details that needed to happen. But I, there was no way for me to attend to the fire, right? So, but I apply that in my close relationship. So yeah. sometimes I'll see my wife like have a lot of energy and I'm like, okay, well, let me check off the list of things that must happen so that we can yeah. get this done. But I certainly don't want to make it worse. A lot of times as a withdrawer, I'm able to check off that list. And I don't engage, not because I don't care, but because I realize if engaging with what that energy is, or if I try to put out the fire myself um, in that case, it's only going to make it worse. I cannot control a raging barn fire. That will not yeah. help. But here yeah. is the benefit that I that just want to articulate yeah. Yeah. is that withdrawers can maintain composure in situations that are out of control. In chaos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about another instance where we had to call 911 for somebody to come pick them up. And like everybody else is kind of standing around going, what, what happens? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, are you safe? No, let me call 911. Like, yeah. it's just like you just withdrawers have this like systematic checklist that says, don't let your emotion inform this. Make sure you make the right decision. And I want to just make a point here to say that pursuers tend to have systems. We even talked about that a little bit yeah, in yeah. our last episode. Those tend to be external systems yeah. that we're putting into place for everybody to follow to try to make sure things like barn fires don't happen, right? Okay, but, <laughs> right, yeah. but but what Chad is referring to is the withdrawers' internal systems that they have in yeah. place, almost like a set of internal checklists of every chaotic situation that they could possibly go into, yeah. and if there isn't one, they quickly make it. Yeah, well, and I think, man. The withdrawer's brain is is so like tuned in to not fail, not making a wrong decision, and and that is really really useful, especially in the case of like a barn fire or yeah. uh, needing to get somebody help and get them in an ambulance. Right, that's super important. And so the withdrawer's brain kind of goes, okay, don't screw this up, get it right. It might, but it's methodical in that sense. Yeah. Maybe a list is it is a list, but it's a methodical. Okay, this 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 this, and it's almost removed from. And, and needs to be from their emotion. If, if, if like, let's say the barn fire happens and I sit in my car and cry and watch it, that wouldn't go so well, right? We wouldn't have gotten a lot of the, there was equipment and other things that needed to get out. So I'm like, 
by engaging the way I did, I was like, okay, what is the list of things? This is all time sensitive. We must go right now yeah. and just do, 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 yeah. do. Withdrawers are excellent at that. Right? You think of a fireman crawling into a fire or something. Like yeah. he, he can't cry as he's crawling. There is a thing that happens, and I want to try to spin it as a benefit, even though it, it kind of is a sad quality, which is this. Withdrawers, exactly like Chad is saying, can lock down that emotion and go into this chaotic situation and get all the way to the end of it. The fire is out. They've even maybe tended to some things that have happened. And then everyone takes a deep breath and goes, that's so good that it's out. Now let's get on with life. And no one ever circles back to say to that withdrawer, hey, what was that like? What's going on for you? Are you okay? Was that, that seemed to be traumatic. Even in day-to-day distressing situations or, or cycles that come up in our relationship, oftentimes Chad is the one catching my chaos or or catching my anxiety, but it's not as often that I circle back and say, now that you've caught me, can I check in with you? There is just this kind of understanding that we don't need to tend to our withdrawers, which I want to say is sad, but also that they're pretty self-reliant Yeah, is a benefit at times. Yeah. It makes it, you know, for us to pay attention to the fact that now I have to be more intentional because he's not typically going to be the one that says, I need something from you. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think a withdrawer's ability to not need is something that would potentially feel like a virtue because they are so self-reliant. But we've learned in attached relationship that that, that is hard, which yeah. is why we want to like make a note of some of these things. Does that land well with you? Like, as I say that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think it, I think it makes sense to me. I think I'm, I'm, yeah, it doesn't throw me off or anything. I just think it's, it's tough because really, even coming back to check in on a withdrawer sometimes can send them to a place where they're like, oh, why did I screw something up that I, and I, when I say screw something Isn't up, I don't. Isn't that unfair? Yeah, oh. yeah. It, it's like, it really does. It says, if I showed something, then that was the failure. And so, man, it, it's really hard to get a withdrawer, especially a really um, kind of entrenched withdrawer to, to re-engage, to get them to like, hey, this share, this is what's going on inside me because to have had the fear or the struggle in in many cases feels like the failure. I want to bring this up because several series ago, we talked a little bit about Avery. And when we ask her when she's in distress and we know she's, yeah. or she's hurt herself. So we ask her, how are you? Are you okay? Is the question we asked. And she is prompted in that moment as though okay is the answer we're looking for. And so she would say, I'm okay. And then the tears would start flowing because she clearly wasn't okay. And we had to change how we worded that question to say, what do you need? Did that hurt? So that we could get a different response from her. And I think about that just now when you're saying that, that a lot of times, even if a withdrawer took the time to check in and realize they're not okay, which which they might not do because there isn't really space for that. If I say to a withdrawer after a whole barn caught on fire and everybody's calmed down and, you know, covered in soot or whatever... And I say, hey, are you okay? A withdrawer is going to be like, the building's yes. not on fire. I'm okay. This is <laughs> way know? better than it was. How can I? I mean, yeah, and yeah. You, I've heard this literally. Like, this doesn't compare to where what it was. Yeah. So why would I talk about it? So even in yeah. a fight, if the fight is resolved because the withdrawer has met, let's say, a pursuer need, and now we're not fighting, yeah. it doesn't matter at that point to the withdrawer necessarily that we check in and make sure the withdrawer is okay. It is already better because the pursuer is not stressed out. Well, and and that that 
That's kind of true. I mean, it, it, if we're not in the midst of a fight, I do feel better, <laughs> right? Like that's not that's not un- unreasonable. I don't know if that's only a trait for a withdrawer. It, I don't but. know either, but I mean, I don't. I, well, let me say it this way: if even if it's unresolved, how about that? Yeah, it's it's still better for a and I withdrawer. will say a withdrawer then isn't looking for the next things to point out to work on. Where sometimes a pursuer, like we talked about in the last episode, yeah. is like, "What now do I need to bring attention to so that we can improve that too?" Withdrawers are like, "Woo, we're good." Yeah. Well, I, you can think of it like maybe maybe two ways. You made me think of a couple of thoughts, but I'm like, <laughs> all right. So the withdrawers are kind of saying like, okay, we're like health and safety. We just want to keep everybody good enough, safe enough. We don't need to work on, don't add any new, we don't need to start doing flips, <laughs> tricks, right? We need to just keep it status quo. And if we just stay status quo, then we'll all be okay. But I think a pursuer sometimes, they, they have this energy to say, but, but we could be better, but we could be better, which is yeah, great. Better. It pushes. But the withdrawers are a lot of times going, wait, I'm, I haven't researched all of that. I haven't thought through all of that. I don't want to agree to that. And if I start making suggestions, I'm not sure how that's going to go either. Even as Chad is saying that, here's another quality I want to put on withdrawers. It's like they're the pace car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they set the pace when everyone gets going too fast and everyone needs like to pull into the pit. But they also will scoot over and let everybody run wide open for a while until it's out of hand and they need to come back in and set the pace for us again. Yeah. It's like there is this steadiness with our withdrawers that when we don't have is scarier, is more chaotic, is lonely. We do long for connection. And when that pace car comes in, it's like, okay, everybody take a deep breath, get back in, you know, in a good speed now yeah. we can go and function at our proper, you know, does that make sense? It makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah. Well, I say that, but like, and I, I don't want to be negative about any of this. I think that a withdrawer is, is like the pace car in everyday life. Like it's like, yeah. okay. And in, and in chaos, they're like, maybe specifically like, oh, things are going out of control. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody hold still, stay calm. We're going to solve this and we're going to run at this pace and this is how we're going to resolve it. Right. But, but in, in daily life, I feel like the pursuer tends to like say, okay, we need to, we got to pick up the pace and we really got to work on these things. And the withdrawer is going, what are you talking about? We don't yeah. have to be in a race all the time. Yes, we do. No, yes, we, we don't. Do. No, we yes, don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I feel the need to hit the gas right now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going, that's, I think it's a yeah. good trait. I think withdrawers and pursuers alike in crisis, they both perform pretty well, but they yeah. perform different functions. Yeah. So we're not saying one's better than the other. We're just saying withdrawers have this like, they get almost a little bit more clarity in crisis sometimes around what decisions and structures need to be taken or made. There's yeah. two more points I want to make before we yeah. get into our uh, connect point. One, humor. We yeah. haven't mentioned it yet. And I think this is a trait that a lot of withdrawers have, yeah. which is knowing the right time to apply a little bit of humor to the tension to just lighten the mood for everybody. Yeah. Most of the people I know who are the funniest are withdrawers. I, I think I agree with that. I think <laughs> uh, withdrawers have, have a bit of, they've been studying people for a long time. And a lot of times this is not a negative, maybe it is, but sometimes <laughs> they're a little bit cynical, which a lot of humor is born out of cynical thoughts. So I'm like, they have this way of saying, oh, what about this? Like, here's a zinger. Here's a funny line. Here's a way. And that is something they've used 
to diffuse the energy. Yeah, they absorb right? the tension in yeah. the room. Yeah, they can they can kind of burn it off in a sense yeah. by by making a joke or having something funny, and everybody just kind of ha 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 ha. I think that's that shift kind of. We've talked before about me coming from a you know a family of puffer fish. Yeah. We tend to go, we've got to resolve this conflict. Let's kind of go into it, yeah. and and a withdrawer will go. We want everybody in the room to have a good time. Yeah. Let's just try to every you know try to make sure or regulate that everybody is just enjoying themselves. And if anyone gets a little bit, there's that pace yeah. car scenario again, a little ahead of the pack, let's just kind of bring everybody back in with some humor, with some research, with a topic change, you know, they'll, they'll kind of avoid whatever that intense yeah. tension is and bring everybody kind of off track with intentionality. Withdrawers go into their head and can kind of bounce out of something that feels really hard. And and while we're working in therapy sessions with our therapist and want to get into deeper emotion, that's not great. But at Thanksgiving dinner when, you know, uncle somebody pops off with some tense comment that freaks everybody out, that withdrawer is going to laugh it off and bring back calm to everybody in the room. Yeah. No, I, I think I want to give a little bit more clarity to the um to the process there. Like, so if, if a withdrawer feels that energy yeah. coming up in the room, there really is this like, okay, uh, we all have to stay safe. The, how about we just burn off some of this tension? We can still have the conversation, but it doesn't have to be so heated. Withdrawers really do a good job of de-escalating a room yeah. or de-escalating a conflict using humor or using research or facts. I mean, that's kind of what they go to. They kind of push this like, hey, here's the agenda or here's the understanding or here's the way we can just, huh, we can laugh this off because it doesn't need to be this tense. I, I don't truly believe that withdrawers don't want to talk about things. They just don't feel that that energy or emotion, it's not all emotion, but like that kind of heavier emotion, it doesn't normally land well for them. And it's like a lot of times they don't know what to do with it. So they're kind of scared of themselves too. Um, and so they kind of go, no, I'm going to repress that. I'll make a joke. I'll make it light. I'm going to shut it down and I'll just push through it with research or humor or yeah. doing, you know, sometimes. There's one more that I want to also say that I really appreciate about my withdrawal. And that is how willing he is to kind of go along with my crazy plan sometimes. Yeah. I'll come in, one of our you know favorite episodes that people have commented on is when we built that sunflower table and got into a big fight that was in our Anatomy of the Fight series. Um, and I had drawn out plans for him exactly how I wanted it to go. And he was like, all right, I'll do that. Even though he saw on the plans that I didn't have my calculations right, he didn't bring it up. He didn't confront it. He just kind of went, yeah, I can, we can get this done. And withdrawers do that. I can't tell you how many couples I work with when I talk with the withdrawer that a large percentage of the time they're willing to try the pursuer strategy and just go along. They're keeping the peace. They're like, all right, that seems okay. Deep down, they probably have in their mind a more accurate way or right way it, it could or should be done, but they're not willing to create conflict to bring it forward yeah unless and occasionally when they're like no i just this plan is not working for me or something yeah. and then an engage withdrawer will try to bring that forward in a way that is also respectful like hey you know i was just noticing chad is great at this kind of getting me to hold my systems a little more loosely um, and then and I love that about him, that he's not just like, this is not a good plan and you're bad at making plans or whatever. <laughs> he doesn't <You're> do that. <laughs> he's very diplomatic. And that sometimes, you know, people can kind of say is, 
is not a great quality if they if yeah. they're using it against him, you know, yeah. to say someone's almost like a politician or something like that. But actually, that's actually a really good quality in the right setting. Yeah. Well, it, I, mean, I think about the sunflower table. I'm like, how do I say, hey, your geometry's off, and not <laughs> like literally the geometry of it is off, and and not say and not start a fight. Yeah. Because you're like, I've spent all this time. I've done all this work. I've got, and you had this picture in your head. And for me to say, hey, it, it, it's not going to work that way. It really does cause, it, it feels weird to cause that kind of tension. And we do, pursuers have the ideas in our head and then we draw them out and we have a plan and we put it all into place. And so it is hard for us to take yeah. in with, if a withdrawer goes, I see a fault in your plan. Pursuers have a hard time taking that in. Yeah. And we don't often say, hey, before I land on this final draft of my plan, would you just assess it and give me some input? We tend to miss that step. <laughs> Does that happen somewhere? <laughs> and withdrawers just go along. They yeah. really do go along. So we have, I mean, I feel like we've done a great job of honoring all a lot of yeah. ways. I'm sure there's more, but we're running out of time. So let's get into our connect point. The Connect Point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship. Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. So in this Connect Point, we're going to have both partners share one good thing about the withdrawing strategy and have a little conversation about what maybe the good aspects of withdrawing could be. So withdrawers go, hey, that is something that I recognize about me that I think is a benefit. And pursuers go, hey, I, I just heard that. And you know what? That's something about you. And I really like it. And just take a moment to appreciate your withdrawers. And now it's time for you to go connect with your partner. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our ConnectPoint conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks, Thanks again. again.